right, friends, we're back. Your favorite podcast show of the week. It's Location Weekly. It's episode number 571, and we're recording on May 31st. It is the last day of the month, and it is hot here in Toronto. Uh, we're like 39 Celsius, 102 Fahrenheit up here today. Might break some records. I don't know. What's going on with you, Abriana? Yeah, it's hot here, too. Had a nice long weekend. Um you know, we had Memorial Day here. So to all of those who have had family and friends who have served and, and paid the ultimate price, we recognized you and we were very grateful for the good weather and the extra long weekend um, as well. So yeah, just like hung out, recovered. I was at Programmatic IO the week before um, or throughout the week in Vegas. So, you know, that just takes a toll on you. Um, that trip from the, the East Coast. So it was great to see some some old friends, meet some new friends in the industry. And uh, it was pretty well attended. So it was nice just to kind of get out and do something somewhat normal. Um, but yeah, back here in New York and just jumping back into it, getting caught up, but happy to be here. Anything new going on with you? Not really, just busy with work. I, I am going to be in your neck of the woods next week uh, in New York for uh, there's this Canadian technology accelerator program um, that uh, Ground Level has uh, been selected to be part of, uh, working with the Canadian consulate there in New York. So I'll be there for a few days to kind of kick it off and intensive. It's a it runs throughout the whole summer um, into the fall. So um, looking forward to to that and maybe seeing you in person. I know. We're overdue. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. Well, we've got some good stories this week. I'll let you uh, kick us off. All right. Well, I love Trader Joe's. I don't know about you, but Trader Joe's probably my like go-to, you know, there's very few things that I have to go somewhere else for like my coffee and maybe a couple, you know, other items, but Trader Joe's is my go-to for shopping. Um, you know, and I, and I think that they have such a good mission and they just have such good quality. And this story is really about, I think their dedication to people and consumers as a whole, and they are partnering with Magnus cards. And we've talked about Magnus cards before and some of the, the work that they've done, but Trader Joe's is actually the first grocery store to partner with them. And Magnus mode is actually an app that's focused on creating an inclusive and comfortable experience for consumers with neurodiverse um, abilities. So, you know, this actually came about because the, uh, the Trader Joe's, I guess, founder CEO has a brother with autism. And so, you know, this hit really close to home. And so what Magnus card does is it's like this app and it, um, you know, it uses these applied behavior analysis. Um, it's a clinically proven method of instruction for neurodiverse individuals. And it's basically like card decks that kind of walk them through certain processes. So you get step-by-step -step instructions, for example, like how to check out your items, um, the sensory experience in the store. Um, you know, it's really meant to like lessen the intensity and the anxiety of going to the store for individuals that, you know, identify like this as neurodiverse. And so it gives them the independence and the confidence that they really need so that they can complete this type of everyday task that might be, you know, even overwhelming for some of us who don't have um, this, this um, disability, if you will, or um, are, I don't even know if you consider a disability. However, you're supposed to politically correctly say that. That's what I want to say. Um, so, you know, I think this is great. Like, I love just hearing about, we've been talking so much about um, creating services and building experiences for those who maybe 
um, have, you know, perhaps have uh, are, are seeing impaired or hearing impaired, you know, and now we're talking about these neurodiverse individuals. So I think that like, you know, it's amazing that all of these things are happening. I love these stories. And this is very true, obviously, to Trader Joe's mission, which is creating a positive and inclusive shopping experience for all consumers, no matter what their need is. Um, so I just, I think this is a great story. It's like a feel good one, but it also makes a lot of sense. And, and I like the idea that they're taking this like science and data and they're combining it in an app and in a shopping experience to help consumers kind of guide through, um, you know, this process. So I think it's awesome. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, echo everything you've just said. I mean, it's, um, you know, anytime you can take technology um, and apply it to doing something good or helping, you know, people have a better experience, um, you know, abled or not, uh, or, you know, whatever, um, you know, the, the um, issue is that, you know, they're trying to help, you know, make better or alleviate. I, I think it's, it's a good thing. Right. And, you know, certainly, you know, we've covered other stories on the show in the past. I remember we did a story on, uh, I think it was Barclays Bank in the UK uh, that had uh, set up this uh, this app where, you know, if you were a person with a, uh, a physical disability, you could come in, um, you, know, you were sort of self-identified through the app. The app would automatically send a notification as you broke the geofence and entered the building, you know, to the staff to let them know you know that uh, you know that you're identifying in that way and then they could you know basically have staff available to come and assist you directly um, you know uh, just based on that sort of presence detection piece and I thought that was pretty cool at the time so you know I think now you know here we're you know with Trader Joe's addressing you know the neurodiverse um, uh, community I, I think this is a good thing and like having ways to you know walk them through, you know, the different tasks, you know, uh, that these cards are, you know, sort of the approach that they're taking. I like it. I like that it's, it's mobile. I like that, you know, they're kind of, you know, just applying technology in an extremely positive way. And I like that the sort of, you know, the founder there, you know, is like, you know, has a, a firsthand experience and knowledge of this with his, you know, his own brother. So, uh, I think that's pretty cool as well. So, yes, for sure. Yeah. All right, on to our second story. So this one's really interesting. Um, so I don't know if you've ever played around, uh, Brianna, with Duolingo, uh, the language uh, learning app I have. Uh, I know my kids fool around with it too. Um, you know, anytime we were going on vacation somewhere, um, you know, it would get downloaded and they would start playing around with like, you know, sort of just, you know, words that you can use to order food at a restaurant or, you know, whatever the, the things might be. Um, but Duolingo is, uh, you know, going beyond just their uh, their mobile app and sort of their game mechanics of, you know, learning a language, uh, and they're opening up a tech area um, and where you can actually go and practice your Spanish. Um, and this is kind of interesting. So this summer, uh, I believe it starts on June the fifteenth. Uh, it's called Duo Tecaria, and it's going to open right next to their head headquarters uh, at the Eastern Liberty uh, Building in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, they brought in um, uh, a chef by the name of uh, Marcella o Ogrodnik, I think is how you say that, Ogrodnik. Uh, is a Salvadorian pop-up um, uh, Cafe Agnes uh, um, one, which is, you know, 
apparently quite popular. I'm not familiar with that, but anyhow, on the menu, you're going to find all kinds of Mexican style tacos, heirloom corn tortillas, uh, marinated pork, chorizo, brisket, all sorts of things, vegan options as well. Um, and, uh, you know, what's really cool about this is that it, it's, you know, it's, it's a Mexican restaurant, right? You can go in, you can sit down, you can eat like you can any, at any other one, but the staff is fully bilingual, um, and you're encouraged to basically go there and practice your Spanish and kind of take it outside of the app and into the physical world. Um, and they've got, they've created the Espanol challenge, a single speech based question sourced from the app. And customers who answer correctly will earn to 10 to 20% discount off their meal as well. So there's, they're incentivizing this uh, where you can get a free taco or a side of chips. So I think it's really, really cool like, like that they're kind of taking something that's been really popular on the mobile side of things uh, and then creating a physical location where you can go and kind of experience it in real life, work on your, your Spanish language skills in person with staff, with other patrons potentially. Uh, and they're incentivizing you to kind of do that. So I, I think it's pretty interesting. What are your thoughts? Well, I love a good taqueria. And I also, um, I like Duolingo. It's fun. It's great that, you know, you have something kind of at your fingertips and you can practice when you're just like, you know, on the train or um, like you said, in the car, going somewhere, traveling. Uh, so it's really, it's a, it's a fun tool and a great app. Um, but, you know, it's very digital. So I love that they're bringing this into the physical world and, when we lived in Atlanta, the Latin American Association actually had like coffee with friends uh, where, you know, it was really focused on like a, a native Spanish speaker and a native English speaker getting together for an hour and just practicing the other language together. Um, so I think that it's great to be able to be in a kind of alleviate the tension and the pressure, because I think a lot of times when you're trying to learn a new language and you're only speaking to native speakers or you're only speaking to someone um with like a very elevated level it kind of puts a lot of pressure on you and you feel a little bit shy or timid and so they used to pair people up to do this so i like this idea because like you mentioned the staff both you know is bilingual but you probably are meeting other people that want to learn and practice spanish there as well um so i think this is really a, a fun effort um and i think that they could do more like beyond just you know having to set this up within a, a restaurant right um, I think this is great for like a pop-up a pop up and kind of a kickoff to something like this. But my guess is that they're looking to figure out if they can expand this even further. So, yeah, I mean, can you imagine like they just, you know, take this out to, you know, a whole bunch of pre-existing restaurants that they don't own and, you know, potentially chains and other partnerships. I mean, it reminds me in some ways, like if you remember years and years ago, um, Angry Birds, like the, the game had partnered with McDonald's in China mm -hmm. and you could go in. Um, and if you connected to the Wi-Fi network inside of the McDonald's, you couldn't download sort of new levels of the game that you couldn't get, you know, unless you yeah. paid for them. But you could get them for free, you know, if you were in the building at McDonald's. So, you know, I think finding ways to connect the physical world and the digital world um, and create connections is, is always a, 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 good, a good way to go. So. And gamifying learning, right? It's like always something that helps, I think, with um, like the sticky factor of it, for sure. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's go over to something more location-based in India, a company called Transserve, which is a location, a data and location analytics platform, and they are expanding to help optimize delivery operations for food tech companies, um, really focused on the consumer experience. 
So they they noted that there's like two critical pieces to this industry. One is like the door level accuracy of of the house address. So like when you're delivering somewhere um, to save on time for navigation. And then the other part is the hyperlocal spatial analysis. So predicting the food demand for those items based on historical orders, customer personas that are in a given area. So they're looking at like real-time traffic, order preparation time, um, you know, they want to make sure that they're delivering efficiency. They're also like they're they're focused on a lot of these these um, companies like Zomato, Swiggy, Blinket, um, and they all have this like ten minute delivery plan, right? So they're trying to deliver food within ten minutes, and so with that type of a, a turnaround time, they have to be like very accurate, obviously. Um, they also note that cloud kitchens, which is like that last mile delivery, is something that's really growing and making a huge. Um, impact in the industry, as well as the market size is, is very, very, um, you know, it's, it continues to expand. So 2020 global location analytics market size was, is, is anticipated to be 13.8 billion this year. And they're saying by uh, 2025, they're expecting it to reach 26.7 billion. So basically doubling in size, which is amazing. So, you know, I think this is important, right? Um, especially when you're in like more of an urban and dense area, getting food to the accurate location, um, getting it there quickly can be a challenge. I know that even here in Metro New York, like we've got, you know, it takes like an hour to get food anywhere, any delivery that you get. So anything that you can do to kind of speed up that service um, as well as be more accurate and using kind of that AI piece, right? To help predict customer buying behavior is amazing. So I like that this that differentiation a little bit from kind of some of what maybe the other delivery companies are doing and how that can um, that that piece can help because I haven't heard of the prediction piece before. I'm not saying that others are not doing it, but I like that that key piece here that they're talking about. Um, so you know I think that could play a really important role in completing the delivery and just making things a better customer experience. So I like it. Yeah, I mean you know Transserve, check them out. Yeah, I, th I think it's very interesting, uh, you know, and especially in a market like uh, India, where you have, uh, you know, sort of a, an emergence of these types of uh, food delivery services exploding right now. Um, you know, and I think two aspects for me that are interesting. One, one is when you think overall about the concept of cloud kitchens, which are happening everywhere in every market right now, uh, and even virtual um, brands, uh, virtual food brands, you know, that are related to that. Um, I think it, it's it's one of those things about you know calculating time to you know last mile delivery and optimizing routes and optimizing um, you know uh, you know delivery uh, pickups is interesting because often what you'll see is now is is that you know especially if it's a cloud kitchen type of environment you know they're making food for like you know let's say 10 20 different you know uh, brands from one kitchen um, but if, you know, orders are coming in, you know, on, you know, Uber Eats or, you know, whatever platform they're coming in on for two or three different brands, but they're all like, you know, you know, the orders are sort of all being delivered to sort of the same general neighborhood, then kind of packaging those up for the same driver and routing them all in the same time frame so that, you know, you can kind of optimize that that driver is going to do these three deliveries all at once. Uh, becomes really interesting and that requires a lot of calculations and a lot of you know sort of you know route optimization technology so I think 
you know, that becomes really powerful. Uh, the second piece for me is, is that, you know, just to touch on their kind of their grid system, which I find kind of unique. So apparently they've created grids at 350 meters for various categories. So these aren't just grids that are kind of geo-based on their own. They're, you know, grids that also within the grid con contains buyer personas, product, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, profiles, you know, uh, demographic, you know, pieces, you know, uh, and what they call risk grids for major cities in India. So meaning like, is there a lot of traffic or, you know, you know, what are the risks here? Um, so I think that's really interesting too, right? Because, you know, if you look at, you know, a lot of the geo location services that are out in the market today, you know, think of something like QuadKey, for example, uh, which uses a grid system. They're more about, you know, sort of what buildings, what properties, you know, what homes are within that grid, but they're, they aren't typically layering in, you know, sort of these personas or demographic profiles on top of the grids, all sort of contained together, or even creating grids that are only based on that. So I think, you know, the combination of those things is really interesting to me, but I like it. Uh, gonna have to uh, check out uh, uh, TransServe some more. Yeah, and just in case you are wondering, cloud kitchens and ghost kitchens and dark kitchens, all those kitchens, those are all the same thing. Um, and one other thing that I, I saw that was like really interesting is that the food delivery market is expected to grow by 15 billion in 2023. That's a huge number. So yeah. lots, of, lots of money to be made here in this industry. There you go. All right, let's go on to our final story now. So there's a company called Engine Creative, which is a uh, digital marketing uh, agency. And they are uh, using some tech to uh, help out a charity called Missing People, uh, which is exactly what you think it is. It's, uh, you know, when people go missing. Um, and so, you know, we're all kind of familiar with, you know, the old posters that go up on the lampposts of, you know, here's the image headshot of the person that's missing. Uh, if you've seen them, call this number. And so they basically uh, are trying to kind of recreate that using AI technology and digital out of home. And so they recreate basically on screens a live image of the person being sought. Um, and the, the thinking of it is, is that, you know, if you're walking by and you're seeing this on the screen, it's creating, you know, a more sort of emotional, visceral connection with, you know, the, with you passing by. Um, and, you know, that might trigger, you know, a memory or recall or some sort of, you know, positive response uh, in that way. Um, and the live, like the digital at home displays also offer full flexibility of like the orientation facial features. So it looks like the missing person is actually looking at you. Um, it, which is kind of interesting, you know, ocean outdoors, the, uh, the digital out of home company that they've partnered with on this. Um, and you know, they're not, you know, they, they've, they've done these kinds of things a thousand times. Like, you know, they're very good at, you know, sort of these types of charitable connective, you know, facial recognition or connect, you know, just connecting with the passerby type of, uh, campaign. So I really like this. Uh, and they're estimated, so this is in the UK, by the way, if I didn't say that, um, that 70,000 children and young people go missing each year in the UK. So this is, you know, a huge problem and, you know, just a, a new different way to kind of, you know, uh, address, you know, missing, missing people, uh, through digital out of home. What are your thoughts? 
Yeah, you know, it's interesting. So there was this filter recently on either Instagram or Snapchat um, that my husband was showing me that basically creates this live feature as well out of an image. So it kind of shows that you're looking around and it and it gives you like a little bit more of a realistic view than just like that kind of, you know, flat image. So I think it does have more of a connection factor. And what's interesting is that it is established on behavioral science. They noted that, you know, people are more likely to act when they can like empathize with someone who's like being, you know, looking, being looked for. Um, and so I think that that's like really cool how they're going back to the science. And, you know, this brought up, it reminded me that I was reading about how like the kids on the milk cartons that they used to do, you know, they stopped that a while ago, but yeah. how like the success was very controversial of that. And it was very interesting how they were putting it on milk cartons, which mostly children were drinking, you know, inside of schools. And so like the awareness of it wasn't really where it probably needed to be. But I like this idea of the billboards using that behavioral science, showing more of a live image and also just the massive reach, you know, so I think this is such an important effort, um, and I like the the way that they're like embedding different technologies to be able to kind of pull things together, and and um, and hopefully they'll have great success with it. But it's awesome. Yeah, I don't know if they do this uh, where you are, Randa, but here in Canada, like uh, or at least in Ontario, when somebody goes missing, you know, after whatever the number of you know required days they've been missing, uh, they send out a broadcast SMS across all the carrier networks here. And like an amber alert type of thing, um, you know, with the info. So, yeah. We get amber alerts. I haven't seen anything else, honestly. Um, they probably could do a much better job at that here, it seems. But um, I mean, and that's across all of the US, not just New yeah. York specific, but yeah. Sounds great. Lots of opportunities. Well, that's it. That's our show for this week. Four great, interesting stories. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening and watching. We appreciate your time. Please reach out if you have story ideas uh, for us. And uh, we'll be back next week with another show. Have a great week, everybody. Bye.